RadioInfluence.com. And welcome to another edition of The Rock Stops Here. I am Rock Riley, and this one is a little bit different. For all of my 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 listeners that listen uh, weekly to this, this, this one is not sports-related. I'm going to tell you flat out. It's in the entertainment field. My guest, if you are a Howard Stern fan, you are going to love this podcast. My guest is Elisa Giordana. She was, she became famous, honestly, being associated with the Howard Stern show. Years ago, she was dating Benji Bronk, who has been on the Howard Stern show for as long as I can remember as a writer, as a cast member, a character. Uh, she came into the picture. She's very attractive, a beautiful woman. Uh, me and just, you know, being a Howard Stern fan, I thought like most like, ah, oh, she's and she was a singer, entertainer, wanting to better her career. Um, you know, a Jersey girl that moved into New York City, into the city to try to, you know, kickstart her career. And here she is dating Benji. And I was like, oh my God, it's got to be just for her career. But she's very, very honest in this podcast on what her relationship was like with Benji Bronk. She has since moved from New York City after the Howard Stern. She actually worked as a writer. That I didn't know until I was doing some research right before I interviewed her. She, listen, she's still living in Los Angeles. She was not vacationing, but she's trying to, she was live streaming in the Carolinas. She went to Jacksonville. She was down in the, you know, in, you know throughout the state of Florida. She ended up in Clearwater Beach. So I follow her on Instagram and I'm like, she's in Clearwater Beach. I wonder if I should reach out. She doesn't know me. That'd be interesting for all the Stern fans that I know that would love that. And then, and I said, what the heck? And I DM'd her and uh, she reached back and said, you know what? It was her last day in Clearwater Beach. Sure, come on. So we met near Pier 60, for those of you that are familiar with the Clearwater Beach area. And it was great. And she's like, ask me anything. I'm an open book. And she certainly is. And I'll tell you more about the story. And on that day on Clearwater Beach, Elisa has been living in Los Angeles and she tells what it was like behind the scenes working for Howard Stern on the Howard Stern show. And she has was dating, befriended, actually got engaged. He asked her to marry her and she said, yes, the famous comedian, actor, but boy, he's been in the news for all the wrong reasons, getting arrested numerous times, you know, drinks too much, has too much, and his sexuality, and, and he's, you know, you can Google him. I'm talking about Andy Dick. And she's very honest. Again, I appreciate her honesty. So it's Elisa Jordana, and I hope you enjoy it. Now, I will tell you this. She said, do you mind if I live stream? Because she live streams a couple of hours a day during the, for the podcast for her audience. Hey, she was doing me this favor. I would much prefer like an intimate conversation. But I said, sure, you're doing me the favor. You can live stream. So we were getting calls from her fans on her live stream throughout this podcast. So my man, Jason, I said, well, you can, our, the audience isn't going to understand that. Only those that really follow Elisa. Uh, so 
the, some of it is edited out, like the calls that came in because we would stop our conversation. So anyway, just I, sit back and enjoy, man. I, I can guarantee you she's an open book and honest as the day is long. I appreciate that. The lovely and talented. Here we go. Elisa, enjoy. All right, I am with the lovely and talented Elisa Jordana. She has been in the music business, the entertainment business since she was a kid. Uh, you may have been familiar with her with the Howard Stern show. She's been on reality TV, very successful show host, podcaster, and she's vacationing from Los Angeles here in beautiful Clearwater Beach. Elisa, how are you? Thank you very much for joining me. I'm so great. I was thrilled when you reached out to me. <laughs> thrilled. You're definitely like so much better than the guy that I met up with yesterday. <laughs> so I appreciate it. I appreciate you wanting me to be on your show. And I, I will spill everything. I'm really like an open book. So if there's any like weird questions, do not shy away from weird questions. All right, before we get to how you really, I, I would say you really became famous with the Howard Stern Show, the yes. biggest radio show in history. Yes. But you really started writing uh, in the, kind of got that bug when you were young, right? It was early on? Um, I, I never thought I could be funny. Like, uh, I never realized like women could be funny, actually. Like, so no, I, I didn't realize that till very recently. Um, I was in a band, Cobra Starship, and then I was, um, yeah, that's basically like all I did. I mean, I did some like modeling and acting and like nothing really panned out, but right. I was in a band and the band was like a famous band right. and that was great, but I wasn't funny then. But um, I became friends with a, a woman in Los Angeles named uh, Eliza Schlesinger, or I still can't pronounce it, but Eliza, if you uh, know, she's a comedian right. and she was pretty funny and I was friends with her and I just remember like, it, it seemed cool to be funny as a woman. I, I was like, wow, that, her life is a little different than mine. Uh -huh. My life is just based on like, you know, kind of like my looks and like how I looked in the band. Everybody always talked about my looks all the time. And right. How old I was. Right. And what I, you know, just what I was wearing. And I was really sick of that. Sure. So I was like, oh, here's this like funny woman. Her life is like every day she's funny and is making people laugh. And I want to do that. So, um, you know, I started thinking in that way and my mind kind of changed. And then it led me to like manifesting being on the Howard Stern show. I truly believe that. I met her. And then very soon afterwards, I went to New York. I was, I don't know. I had this thing in my head. I should go to New York. I met Benji right. and me and Benji together. Um, anyway, he'd come up with jokes. He would tell me his jokes and bits and he was doing funny stuff on the street. He was doing a lot of man on the street stuff, like going up to people, right. interviewing people, interrupting right. press conferences. I'm right. like, this is a life. My life before suck. <laughs> this life is so much better. I'm enjoying this. And there's something really to it. Um, you're entertaining people. You're taking people's bad day and making it into a good day. And it's more about the other person, like making the other person laugh. It's not like, look at me, look at me. It's like, how can I, what can I do for you? Gotcha. So I, I love that. And uh, yeah, just through the Howard Stern show, I love making Howard laugh and Robin laugh. And there's right. like nothing better than making somebody like that laugh. Now, I remember when you first came on the scene with Benji and everybody was like no this can't be you were absolutely beautiful <laughs> a singer you're very talented and here's benji but it really was a real thing right it worked it yes, worked he, that was the and, best relationship of, of my life by far like benji he was so easy to be with he's caring he's and nurturing benji bronk by yeah, the way benji for bronk. howard stern fans exactly. yes benji bronk is so kind he's caring he's nurturing he's he cares about me still like he calls me first when something happens in his life um, we have a very deep connection, but he does not want me back. 
He does not. I've begged him uh, to take me back so many times. Oh, you really? Yeah, yeah. Every day, back. every day he calls me. I say, Benji, please take me back. Please, please. He's just the best thing that like ever happened to me in my entire life. He is incredible. He's so warm. He's loving. Who he is on the show is who he is. Like, you know, he's awkward. He's quirky, but he's so loving. And every intern that goes through the Howard Stern show uh -huh. says, Benji's my favorite. He's the nicest one. He helps me. He wants people to succeed. Other people, not just him. That's awesome. Because when yeah. you when you go through the interns and a lot that have made it, they're like, oh, they're just interns. Yeah. But if they say that, then that means it's real. It's true. Yeah, because a lot of people like they they try to like push other people down. You know, they, they don't want other people to do well. Right. Benji is not like that. If you're a comedian, if you're a broadcaster and you reach out to Benji, he will write you back. He will help you. He will try to connect you to somebody. And it's it's nice. People take advantage of him a lot. Like right. I've seen so many people take advantage of poor Benji and he'll just do anything. And I say, Benji, why do you, why even talk to that person? Just just don't even reply. He replies to every person. That That's what kind of guy he is. Now, what was it like for you the first time actually going in there and being in front of the king of all media, the biggest radio show in history, where you, you had to be a little bit nervous, right? And how did Howard treat you in the beginning? They were busting about Benji and you at first, right? Yeah, but what um, was that like? You had to be nervous. What was that so like? So Howard was always nice. He was always nice to me. I think he was like surprised, like pleasantly surprised because Benji had brought in other women before. And uh, I just, there was just something that's like a chemistry that I had, you know, with that whole scenario that was like very special. And he was always nice. He was always like so gracious. He would include me in all kinds of bits awesome. and all kinds of things. So awesome. a lot of people talk badly about Howard Stern, but like he gave me such an opportunity. Sure. Maybe he isn't like that with everyone, but with me, he was. He tried, you know, everything. You know, they brought me on as a writer. I don't know if you know that. Um, you know, they were paying me to. I mean, I went up to people on the street. I risked my life. Cindy Crawford called me a, a C. You know, <laughs> yeah, you can. I, yeah. I can. Um, yeah. yeah. So podcast. Cindy Crawford. Uh, you know, I, I interviewed her. I interviewed Howard. I interviewed a lot of people. That's an opportunity of a lifetime. And for the rest of my life now, you know, people come up to me and it's it's a really way to connect with the world. Because wherever I go, like, you know, people are like, oh, Lisa from there, right. you know, and it's just nice. It's it's nice. You have to say less about yourself when they already know who you are. Now, it's interesting that you're bringing this, telling the, you know, telling the truth about how the relationship was real. Yeah. You tried to get back because also I remember at that time people thought that, oh, because you just wanted your music career to blossom. And that's why you were just hanging on oh, with Benji? Benji to get into the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Oh, so, so, um. So that, so people always think that women are using people, right? Um, that is just something, I mean, I love Benji. We're still friends. Um, so can it be both? Can it be you want opportunities, but also you love the person? Can that be? Yes. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Gotcha. I don't think it has to be one or the other. I don't feel that I used Benji. Did I enjoy being on the show? Did I enjoy having fans? Do I enjoy what I get to enjoy now because of you know what that was? Yes. So uh, as far as jokes, yes. so I would write live. So, okay, there's pre-written jokes. I'll tell you exactly how it works. Uh, a lot of people don't know how it works. So before the show, the day before. This is still, this is on the Howard Stern show yeah, still, right? Okay, Stern and show. you were a writer there. Right, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so writers, me as a writer, this was my job. The day before, you go over all the topical news that's happening in the world, right? The hot topics, Yahoo, top 10, uh, you know, Google, you go, you go everywhere, you go to TMZ, you go to Fox News, whatever is the hot news. Right. You go there and you write an outline of just something not funny, something just 
what's going on in the world. And then under that, you write 10 jokes about each topic. Oh, yeah. is that how yeah, it so that, works? Yeah, so that's how it works. So I would have like 300 jokes prepared for each next day, wow. ready. So say, um, I don't know, what was like a famous joke back then or a famous uh, topic back then. Oh, like Joan Rivers' death. I okay. remember that because I was like, okay, this is weird writing about somebody dying. Right. But so, so the topic would be like Joan Rivers, you know, dies. And then you write like, 20 jokes about her her looks and I like you know it. how she you yeah, know it's all the plastic you know, surgery, her plastic surgery and all that close exactly. your eyes exactly so 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 you know that would be one thing and then you know uh another huge news topic something about politics whatever whatever's a hot topic that you think howard's going to discuss the next day you have to guess what that's going to be I and then see. write tons and tons of jokes about that I so see. i would do that it was easy it's 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 not like brilliant jokes like this guy's going to think it's like some kind of joke where oh my god nobody could think of that that's not what it is. It's writing in Howard's voice, his particular, the way he looks at things. It's not the way Elisa looks at things. It's the way Howard looks at things. So the way Howard looks at things is very specific. And it's not that like mind-blowingly complicated. It's not. It, you know, if a, if a hot girl's dating like a not hot guy, right. you know, it's always the same joke about right, that. Right, you know, it's right, always right, the right, same right, opinion. Right. And he has a lot of opinion. You know, how much money does the person make? It's just a very typical Howard opinion is what you're writing. So that's one part of the job. Second part of the job is when he's live on air, uh -huh. you're writing jokes like that, but as it's going on. So say like the staff is in the office or say they pull like Jason in or something. You gotcha. didn't know they were going to pull Jason in. This is not pre-written. Right. You, you didn't know that they were going to pull him in or pull Will in or pull Benji in or even myself. I would write jokes about my own self making fun of me. Gotcha. So, you know, it's, it's just basically what is going on in the show. You pre-write jokes, you pre-write songs, parody songs. So this is all incorporated in that job. You do parody songs, you do pre-written jokes, you do live jokes, you go man on the street. You know how many times I did man on the street and they didn't use my material? Gotcha. A million times. One out of, I would say, 25 man on the streets that they use of mine. But when they use it, it's so freaking awesome. So he, it's worth has, it. he has all this at his disposal. And it's not just me doing it. It's right. not just So think about when I do Kerman and Friends. Yes. When I do Kerman and Friends, I have the chat. I use my chat as writers. To interact. That's the best way to do it. And a lot of people like, you know, watch me and they get ideas because I, I got this all from him. Gotcha. You know, seeing what the chat is saying and then going off that. It's so easy. It's like having all these writers working for you for free, and it's actually very helpful. But yeah, Howard has people, 50 people in the back and from home also writing for him. So that way he could just go in there. I mean, he could basically just like go in there because he's naturally talented and right. he doesn't need to right. really do much preparation now that he's like the biggest right. of all time. Boy, so he was he was really ahead of the game. He was ahead of the he's chat ahead game. Of the game. He, you know? uh, he's, he's always ahead of the game and he's just naturally gifted. He has a great voice, his personality, he's honest. And I think that's why people just love him so much. He's so honest and he's just like himself 100%. He's not embarrassed to say things that other people would be embarrassed to say. Right. Um, he's not embarrassed to like make himself look like a jerk. Like a lot of times like people say things to me, they're like, oh, you're this, you're that. And I'm, I like try to defend myself. He doesn't really do that. Right. He's just like, okay. Yeah, I'm kind of like a bad guy, but I'm a bad guy. A lot of right. people are bad guys. Most people are not all that great. Right. All right. So what? how did it come about for you to leave New York and decide to go to Los Angeles? Because it's the entertainment capital of the world. Was that it? Or uh, no. was there something else? How no, did no. that? So, so I had been dating Benji for like, let's see. I've been dating Benji for like, I, I want to say eight years. It, it just, it felt like really long, right? And he did not want to get married. And at the end, I started to get the feeling that he was like getting crushes on people. 
Like I, I, I felt his like mind astraying from me. I gotcha. felt like he didn't like me and he liked other people. And I, women do not like that. And women, you could pick it up. You, I yeah, 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 yeah. Women can pick it up. I know, like when we went out, like I love Benji. I love him so much. But when we went out, I mean, he was eyeing every girl. I see. Every girl. And I cannot handle that. No. Maybe I'm older now and I could, but back at that time, I could not handle it. I did not want him to do that. I thought, like, he was in love with me so much when we first met. And then I feel like I went downhill. Like, once I moved in, like, we moved in together and we were together every day. Like, we were working together. We were doing all these things. I felt like he took me for granted. And didn't see like how great I was. <laughs> and I still feel like he takes me for granted. I say, Benji, I know you dated other women. I know they're not as good, but he's still like he he doesn't he doesn't want me back. Okay. So anyway, you got to Los Angeles. Oh yeah. Okay, so, so I went to Los Angeles yes. because I was like running away. I was running away. I did not like I didn't see anything like okay, so they let go of like the whole Howard TV department. Yes. I'm not sure if you know that. Oh yeah. You do? Oh, okay. Yeah. So they had somebody come in named Marcy. Are you familiar with that name? Marcy Turk. Yeah, Marcy Turk. And she was like in charge of like firing people right. and like organizing the office. But she let go like hundreds of people. Right. And I knew I was gonna be first on that list because every time she looked at me, she looked like she like she wanted me dead, honestly. Like whenever she looked at me, I could just tell, you know when you tell like someone just yes. hates you on sight? She fucking hated I could right. tell she hated me so much. So I'm like, I am gonna be so gone with this woman in charge. And I knew it was gonna happen. She called me, she called me to talk to me, and it was just such a bitchy voice. Yeah. It was just such a bitchy, horrible voice. Oh, Adam IRL. Let's see this IRL guys come. Yes. Are you, you can do you know what IRL it. is, by the way? I do not. Okay, I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, so anyway, she called me and she's like talking to me. She's like, I really want to have you keep your job here. So we just gotta figure out something else for you to do. And I'm just like, this woman hates me so much. I just hate talking to people that I could tell, like they don't want me around. They don't want anything to do with me. Every time she looks at me, she looks like she like wants to kill me. So I just knew I was gonna be out of there. Gotcha. And and, and all, a lot of the women were out of there. Lisa G was out of there. Right. And I know why. Cause Lisa G would eventually have spoken up about this. So this is a problem with women in the workplace is women, a lot of times they don't want other women to succeed. I feel right. that. So yeah, so I could just tell that she hated me. I could tell she did not like me and I could tell that I was on my way out. And actually I was really sad. Like, and they actually locked me out of the system. Like they didn't even tell me. Like she gave me like all these warning calls. And then just one day I went into the system to like try to write jokes and I was locked out. And poor Benji had to come home and tell me, you know, she was firing me. Right. And I just felt like so sad because I felt like, you know, women, a lot of times like it's very competitive right. and it's like jealousy. And right. I, I felt that's what it was. Gotcha. I, and Lisa G was gone. Um, another girl, Rachel, was gone. All the women were gone. OK, all the women were gone. So I felt that Lisa G would have spoke up. I do feel that Lisa G is like you can't control her that much. I felt like she would have spoken up about it. But uh, she was gone. And by the way, they had security walk her out and they packed her bag. So they, she left up in a, uh, left in a very fucked up and, way. Uh, you know, in the corporate world, that's sometimes that happens. I was 18 years at a TV station. It was fine. And oh, I got were? walked what out. Same thing. It was called Bay News 9. It's Bay in, Ta News 9? in the Tampa Bay area. Oh, 24 Tampa hours. Bay? Yeah. So anyway, okay. So I got to ask you about your relationship with the famous comedian Andy Dick. Oh, Andy now, Dick. Now listen, I've loved Andy Dick. <laughs> you love I Andy followed Dick? him. Yeah. I, 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 I would be a different story though if he was, you know, wasted, then it would be different. I've had friends. I understand the whole deal. But how how did that start? And were you guys were you actually honestly engaged? Yes. Um so I really like funny guys. 
right? Um, I, I like see. that's I that's my see. type. I like people that are quirky. I like people that are funny. I like people. I, I like to laugh. I just want to have a good time. <laughs> I'm very simple. I just want to have a good time. So Andy um, was on my show, Kermit and Friends, right? And uh, he was great. And I thought it would just be that, and we'd never talk again. But uh, he called me right after the show, and he said, "I want to do this every week. Make sure you get me on every week." And I said, "Wow." You know, Andy, I can't believe he wants to do this every week with me. It doesn't seem like something that he would want to do. And, and, and I said, why do you want to do it every week? And he said, well, I just had so much fun. I love your fans because the fans are like super supportive of him. Right. And he love. I mean, he needs a lot of love. This guy. I see. He needs love. Andy is a person. He's needy. He, needy. he he's, he's unbelievably needy, but he's very sweet. And he wants acceptance from people. I see. Okay, when he was a kid, and he was a very nerdy kid. I'm sure that's not hard to believe. Um, he was adopted. He was passed around. So he felt unwanted as a kid. So his whole life, I feel, was him getting acceptance from people. I see. Okay? I see. So, so, so... When when we when he came on my podcast, I was very kind to him. I didn't make fun of him at all. I didn't belittle him. I didn't really talk too much about him, you know, being drunk or doing right, drugs right. or you know being gay. Because when he was on the Howard Stern show and other shows, they really focused on right. him being gay. You know, his his problems. I did not focus on that. I just felt so blessed to have him on my show that I was very nice to him. Gotcha. And he liked that. And I actually do think he leans gay, but um, he fell in love with. Um, I think it was just like the kindness I showed to him. And I really did show a lot of kindness to him. It's been a rough relationship. Uh, we never were sexual. We were just like friends, but we loved each other so much. And he asked me to marry him a week in. One week in. And you said yes, a week in. I said yes because I knew about him. I, I, it resonated with me how depressed he was, how lonely he was. And how frustrated he was with his relationships because I had felt that same thing. So he was dating a guy named Lucas that didn't like him. That was like kind of like a hot guy. And that's a, a situation that I get into sometimes where I'm dating like a hot guy that doesn't care. And that's exactly what Andy likes. I so see. Andy was broken by those people. He just wanted to be with a nice person that loves him and appreciates him for who he is. And not just like some like cool hot guy that... Uh, won't give a shit about him, which I is see. what he's been dating in the past. I see. So you guys, because you even tried, right? Tried to even bring him in, help him, yeah, yeah, I, and I all tried. that. And it's just, and I'm still just trying. Okay, um, okay. We're not really dating now. We got into kind of like a weird situation. He he got beat up really bad in Las Vegas. I, like I remember horribly. that. Yes, um, yes. A girl named Callie Nolan, very bad person, uh, brought him to Las Vegas, and in Las Vegas, he got robbed, mugged. And so fucked up, his whole face was messed up. And he, he called me crying hysterically. And there was blood all over the bed. There was blood all over the bed. And I knew one person in Las Vegas at the time. So I knew one person in Vegas. His name's Wappy Flanker, a really brilliant musician, Wappy Flanker. He's unbelievably brilliant, just talented guy. So I said, Wappy, please take Andy. Let him stay with you for a little bit. Um, I think that's the only way to get him out of this mess. Um, so I had Andy... Um, live with Wappy. And unfortunately, Wappy was part of a group of people called IP2. Okay. Uh, you've not heard of IP2, no. right? Okay. Okay, so Wappy was part of this this community that I was not aware of called IP2. Okay. IP2 is based off of a guy named Ice Poseidon. Have you heard of that guy? No, I have not. Okay, so Ice Poseidon is today. like the biggest live streamer. 
of okay. all time. Okay, people are really, really upset about this. This is a big thing I see. in the news Justice because chicken, Andy yes. went to, to jail for, mol for molesting someone, but I, I want to defend him on this. Yes. I, I want to defend Andy. So Andy, all right, let me start with the Wappy thing. So, yes. so, so Andy lived with Wappy. And I thought, Wappy's an incredible musician, an incredible guy, and he's been on my show for two years, and he's just like one of the best things that ever happened to me. So I was so thrilled that Andy was there. So, but unfortunately, Wappy had all these, he was part of this IP2 community uh, based off the live streamer Ice Poseidon. Okay. And so what the people do is they live stream their lives, um, and, and they get donations. Kind you know of like what's I had, I heard about this, but you heard I don't about know. It? Yes, I did. Okay. okay, so I want to tell you more about it because it's actually very interesting. So so Ice Poseidon uh, made millions as a live streamer. And, and it can be done. I'm seeing that it can be done. People do enjoy this very much. And um, so this IP2 community is based off of him. So Wappy was part of that. When the live streamers found out that Wappy had Andy, they literally broke down his windows and his doors and stole Andy. And Andy, he can't think for himself. So when somebody calls him that's a stranger and says, Andy, I have Taco Bell for you, come outside. He'll go outside no matter who it is. I if see. he doesn't know the person, he's, his, his mind is of a child. I see. Okay, so people took advantage of that because they knew Wappy's address and Andy was giving out the address. But Andy should not be giving out the address where he is right. because people could come. Any kind of person could come and just take Andy. And that's exactly what happened. Wasn't he even, he was streaming when this happened at the yes, door. Yes, he was streaming. I think yes. I saw that video. Yes, 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 exactly. yes, yes. So okay. he was fine with Wappy. He was safe there. But people were getting into his head, calling him. His number is is not private number. So people showed up at Wappy's and, and allured him with food and drugs and alcohol. And he left Wappy's. And this is where his life really went downhill, in my opinion. He was living in the back of RVs. Um, you know, no shower, no proper toilet, no... And, you know, no real people around, people that are streaming 24 seven, like myself, I'm a live streamer. I stream one to two hours a day. Right. These people are streaming 24 hours a day, not giving Andy, you know, Andy's very fragile sure. and he was like shaking like a leaf. I see. Okay, so, so, so people are saying like Andy Dick molested people. So Andy is very grabby. We all know this. I was in court with him when they're talking about it. Like I, I watched a woman in court go over, uh, you know, her being grabbed by Andy, he grabs people. There's no doubt about it. He does it. I believe that Andy is harmless. Gotcha. I don't think he's like raping people. Right. He's just like, he's like a little retard. You know, right. he, he like, I, I mean, I hate to say retard, but he's like a little idiot. You know, he doesn't know what he's doing. He Especially doesn't know the if consequences. He's, been drinking a lot. he's drinking, he's on drugs. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. Gotcha. And he's just like, he's maybe not retard because he's actually really smart. He's kind of like a little bit, um, <sighs> Like a child, he, like a, like a little baby in some ways, where he's like, "Oh, give me, give me, give me alcohol, give me, give I me see. food." Like he he doesn't have a dollar, gotcha. so he needs people to to feed him. He needs people to give him drinks. He should be in a home. That that's what I believe because he needs drinks so badly and food so badly that he'll rely on anybody. So anybody that gives him a sandwich, he'll just go off with that person. I see. And that person is typically someone that'll put a camera on him twenty four seven, no matter what he's doing. Because of his name and his because fame. Because of his name. To get, I exactly. see. Now I see. I understand. Exactly. So I just say to people, leave Andy alone. Let him be with his family. Stop trying to profit off him and use your fucking brain. Gotcha. They don't use their brain. If they use their brain for a little bit, they could do live streaming and make tons of money. But they don't use their, their brain. They're lazy gotcha. and they just put the camera on Andy 24 7 and that's that made him really go crazy and it was a horrible situation for him and I'm sorry that he grabbed people and that you know he's touching people I'm really sorry about that but don't be in the bed with him you 
idiots. Gotcha. Stop being in the bed. The people are laying in the bed next to Andy, hoping something will happen on camera to, to, to get clout and to also sue him. I see. So it's just, it's the worst people in the world that are gravitating towards him right now. So I gave up. I just let him go. Let him be with his family. Stop trying to profit off him and stop being in the bed with him. Stop laying in bed, hoping something bad will happen. If you lay in bed next to Andy, you will get groped. But don't do it. Just protect this guy a little more. Gotcha. All right, listen, on my end, I'm on going your end? to, on okay. my end, I'm going to wrap this up. What does the future hold for Elisa? What What is your goal? What would you like to do? What do you think? Well, first of all, I think I'm moving to Florida. I love it here. It's nice, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's so awesome. It's the best. Uh, I love I love Florida. I love like the people. I love the weather. I love like the way it looks. Uh, LA is like trash right now. It's so bad. I hate it. The vibe is really dangerous, especially where I live in Hollywood. Um, so yeah, I, I'm continuing. I'm enjoying the live streaming. I do it like a couple hours a day. I like to interview people on the street. It's the same skill set that I used at the Howard Stern show. It's just right. for myself. It's like starting a business. In fact, you know, my first month of this business, I made like $5,000, but I spent $10,000. <laughs> so that's the problem with it. But the fact that I brought in $5,000 is like incredible in awesome. a new business. Yeah. So I'm yeah. spending more than I'm making right now, gotcha. but I believe in it and I like connecting with people. Um, you know, I'm getting job offers to like sell insurance right now. <laughs> so it is kind of confusing because that would be a lot easier and a lot you know better but I don't know I'm just very addicted to this it is so fun and I recommend it for people that are in broadcasting because you can really control your destiny right. you can interview who you want you could go right. all over the world and do this right. you just interview people you connect with people you make friends I have so many new friends um, you know from this IP2 network right. from Kerman and friends from the discord servers I am never alone no matter where I go and that's just a beautiful thing to me awesome well listen continued success thanks Thank so you. much for taking You're the welcome. time I know you're down here in beautiful Clearwater Beach, so to come on the Rock Stops Here podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that, Elisa, doing that for me. And it was a fun day. We I spent a little time with her that day. I figured, you know what, let me buy them a drink. She was visiting here with her friend, who is really, really nice. Couldn't have been nicer. And the two of them, it's hysterical, man, with the live streaming, with the fans that she has. They call up, they'll give money, and they want her to dance. And they'll play songs. She walks around with her with her iPhone. She's got her little uh, tripod, and she's got her speaker. And basically, all the years that she was, or the time that she was on the Howard Stern Show, she would go out and do Man on the Street, like she mentioned in the podcast. Uh, and so that's what basically she just walks around and streams. And so here we were. They didn't know anything about really Clearwater Beach. They'd only been there a couple of days. It was her last day. She was going to go back to L.A. And I know Clearwater Beach and Mandalay uh, Avenue, you know, like the back of my hand. So I figured, you know what? So we sat out on a picnic table on a little like um, they serve ice cream and a lot of Clearwater Beach, you know, swag, you know, stuff like that. But they don't serve alcohol. So we were done with the podcast and, but see, I'm not being a live streamer. I do the interview and that's it. Shut it off. Boom. So I, I'm not used to, she just continues to live stream. It keeps going. And she was telling me that like these people that they live stream 24 seven. I can't imagine that. I got I to gotta come on with some juice. I'm going to give you something, and then boom. I can't imagine doing that. But they do, and they're making money, and that's how they're supporting themselves. So she streams like two hours a day. 
So anyway, she was continuing to live stream. I said, I'll buy you guys, uh, you want to get something to drink? I'll buy you a drink, sure. There was no alcohol served there. We were. It was in the afternoon. It was a beautiful weekday. Oh, my God. The weather is just gorgeous down here now. It's not too hot, not too cold, just beautiful. It wasn't heavy with tourists. It wasn't a weekend. We're not in the season. So it was a great day to be at Clearwater Beach. So, all right, well, what do you, you know what? There's plenty of places we can go up and down here. I'll, I'll walk with you. Let's, we'll find some place. So we got our bags. She's carrying her phone and her speaker, and she's live streaming. <clears throat> so we walk near a, a pavilion right there by Pier 60, and somebody calls up. Boom, they, wanted, they want him to dance. So she puts the tripod down. She starts dancing with her friends. She's like, come on, dance, rock time. I'm like, these guys that are calling in, you're beautiful. They want to see you. I, I know what it's like as a guy. They don't want to see me dance. Come on, dance. I danced for a minute, and I took a little video, and then uh, and then we just kept going, and then boom, same thing. Somebody would call. So we start to go. I said, maybe I'll, I'll show them. It was a Monday, and Hulk Hogan, I said, Hulk Hogan. She goes, Hulk Hogan. Is he here? I said, yeah, Hulk Hogan lives right down the street. Hulk Hogan has a bar, and he does karaoke on Monday nights. Tonight's Monday night. And she's like, oh, my God. But again, it was early in the afternoon. It was like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, probably like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Hulk Hogan's hangout, that's his bar, a beach bar, and he's got a beach uh, store there right on the main drag. That's not going to start till 8 o'clock. Hogan, the Hulkster, shows up around nine for karaoke. He does it every Monday night. So she's like, oh, my God, that would be great, blah, blah, blah. What about Hulk Hogan? Do you know him? Yeah, I know him. Do you think you can get, I, I he's going to, Lisa, he, he's going to come here at night, you know. Blah, blah. So he started walking. She sees a random dude on the street. She's talking to him. I'm talking to her friend. We're walking ahead, and she's just doing her thing. And while we're live streaming, while we're talking, we're talking about Hulk Hogan. Guy calls up. Hey, you should go to Hulk Hogan's uh, club. And he's playing the, the the music, the Hulkster music that he used to, you know, in America, na, 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 great American, you know, Hulk, Hulk Hogan's music. Then when I started telling her, blah, 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 she's like, hey, who can you hook, hook me up with? You know, she's singing. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of rich people, but I don't know. And, and, and somehow it got on to Tom Brady because I cover the Buccaneers. Do you know Tom Brady? Well, I, I, I cover him, but we only talk to him once a week. She's like, oh, my God, I think I would be fun. Don't you think I'd be fun? Yeah, you're fun. You're definitely fun. No doubt about it. But I don't know. And so it was ironic. She goes, do you think we'll see Tom Brady? I'm like, Tom Brady lives in Tampa. We're in Clearwater Beach. I said, you know what, though, Elisa? It is a bye week. He is off this week. <laughs> oh my God. And Tom Brady. And da, 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 da. So, anyway, we cross the street. I show her where, you know, they have, if you've been to Clearwater Beach, you guys know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, he has a, he has a bar in his name called Hogan's Hangout. It's great. And he also has a beach shop where a lot of his memorabilia, he sells it and he sells T-shirts and all that stuff. Ronnie is this guy that's run it forever, Ron Howard. Not the Ron Howard that's been in movies, Ron Howard. It's been his, he's been his right-hand man for years. He also has a beach shop in Orlando, Hogan's Beach. 
And so I took them there and they were doing, you know, her friend wanted a picture of Hogan's. There's a statue of Hulk Hogan uh, with the hand to the ear. And he's like, you know, it's a real life statue. So she took a picture for her and I said, let's go. Well, let's go to the uh, Hogan's hangout. So we went in there and it was, you know, early. So there wasn't too many people there and they were still live streaming. But the thing about it is, what I'm not used to is, like, that speaker is kind of loud. You overtake it. And guys are calling in. They're they're donating. And they're, they're, you know, they're giving a little money. And then they want the, the girls to dance. And they're playing different music. The music is drowning out the speaker music. But Elisa doesn't care. And that's what you got to do. She's having a great time. So is her nice friend. And... I ordered them. She wanted a mudslide. The guy's like, oh, I don't make a mudslide, but I can make it. And we got ice cream. I make it. All right. Should I get her a mudslide? And uh, her friend and I had a beer and they were doing their thing and they were just still live streaming and they were having a great time. And so at that point, I was like, right, I got to head back over and say goodbye to them. And it was fun. And I got in my car and I was like, holy crap. That was different. I'm not used to doing the rock stops here, sit down, in-depth conversation with someone that's live streaming on the other side. It was very interesting. To me, it was interesting because that's not my, I haven't done, been doing that. Maybe, maybe, maybe I will start doing that. Very, very, very interesting. But I really appreciated that. And so, and she was honest, man. She was honest about Andy Dick and he needs really to be in a home and he just needs appro approval from people and all the trouble that he gets in. And she's like, she was honest. And how about uh, how honest she was with Benji Bronk? How, no, she wanted Benji to marry her. She loved him. He was so good to her and it was him. After all those years, I would have thought it would have been just the opposite. And, and, and what I thought was real interesting on how many, like when, when something big in the news hits and when she was working on the Stern show and being a writer, that they have to write damn near a hundred jokes about one big topic that he may, he, you know, that you know he's going to talk about. And he's got so many different weapons to go to in his arsenal on a daily basis on that show. It's amazing. That's why this has been the number one show. I prefer more of the old, uh, totally wildness. That's why I used to love it. The celebrity interviews, eh, really is not my thing, but she was very, very, very complimentary to Howard and how nice Howard Stern always was to him. And so I thought that that was really, really cool. So best of luck to you, Elisa, back in L.A. Maybe if I get over there one time, we'll, uh, we'll hook up and uh, see how you're doing. And uh, I really enjoyed it. But I was driving. I was like, oh, my God. That to me was so entertaining. And oh, my God, the callers that she's got, you know, or oh, my God. It's just all. Uh, oh, oh, but it was it was it was fun. And she's fun. And thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's see what else we got going on. Yeah, Clearwater Beach is my favorite. I mean, there you have so many nice beaches 
where we live here, St. Pete Beach, Indian Rocks Beach. Now, that's away from like the tourist, although there's still some tourists to come down in the, in the springtime. We're not in our real touristy season, although people just continue to move here. She was even kidding around how nice it is and maybe I should move here and da 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 compared to L.A. And then, oh, by the way, congratulations is in order. He was on the Rock Stops Here podcast two, three weeks ago, Seth Cush. He is leaving for Los Angeles. When I did the podcast with him, he is the host of the Block Party with Tampa Bay Lightning players. And uh, he's been doing that for a couple of years. He's been in radio for a long time. He also did the digital thing. With a, with a company in Tampa Bay. That company wasn't working out that good. And so I called him. No, I texted him. I said, you know what? It's been a year. It's time to do a uh, version two, an episode two with Seth Cush. And he's like, sure, great. And so we did it over at uh, Emily Arena outside on another nice, nice day. And when he walked up, he's like, hey, here's what I got going on. I got the dream job that I've always wanted. It's in Los Angeles. K.R., is it KR, KR, KROQ? It's legendary rock station. They used to be Bean and the other guy. Um, it's alternate, it's alt rock. And it's like, it's a legendary rock station in Los Angeles. And Kevin Weatherly is the boss there. And Seth has known him and has stayed in touch with him. So when he did, when he came up to me, he's like, but it's not, they told me I got the job. There was like 500 applicants. I had months of interviews and I got it. And he and his wife, Phoebe, and their little daughter are moving to Los Angeles. So how about that? Elisa comes here from LA and she's like, I'd like to move here. He is living here in St. Pete and he's moving to Los Angeles because of his dream job. But he's like, it hasn't been finalized yet. They told me I got the gig. They're waiting. They got to fire their producer. He's going to produce. He'll be contributing on air on the morning show. He's going to be doing the morning show on this legendary LA rock station. And, but I said, all right, well, we'll tease it. We'll tease it. We'll tease it. And he goes, God, I wish they'd tell me that I can give the word because it's driving me crazy. And so we just kind of teased it. You're getting the lifetime opportunity. It's in radio. You said you never go back to radio, but it is. You got to move. We didn't even say Los Angeles. And so it's been weeks. And then finally, just days ago, he posted, "It's I'm moving. And he was getting a lot of, uh, you know, because in this business, man, there's a lot that don't like you. There's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of ego. There's a lot. I really try to stay away. I do. I stay away from that, especially as I've gotten older now. I only kind of hang with people that are cool and also good people. That's it. That's it. And do I like the gossip and what's going on? Hell yeah. Oh, yes, I do. But I used to be known as a stir shit stir. And I really... Uh, if I do, uh, if I stir the pot, it, it's not really stirring it. It's mostly positive. I am, I am behind you, man, to get what you want 
because I've gotten older now and I'm just, I'm happy for people, man. But a lot of people in this business, some are not, some get jealous and it's funny. And he did say to me, Seth said, he goes, I'm going to, I can't wait to see what some of these Tampa radio people, how what they think of me because they thought that I was a failed radio career. It wasn't failed. He left on his own accord. He wasn't happy at certain places. He seemed he seems to be the one that always leaves. Didn't seem like they were letting him go, but whatever. But anyway, Seth Cush, congratulations. I don't know if you want me to hook you to give you Lisa's contact, uh, but she is entertaining. Uh, but anyway, best of luck, man. Best of luck to you. And which brings me to travel. So I'm going to be doing a little bit, a little, little bit of traveling here and there. So, uh, a trip in the spring with my wife and daughter to Denver, Colorado. And I love Denver because I lived in Denver for two years before I came here. I'm a Jersey boy, Northeast boy, a national reporter out of New York for years. My first TV job was upstate New York slash Burlington, Vermont, but mostly the New Jersey area was my my home. That's where I grew up and New Jersey Network, little radio station, WSUS, a couple of other radio stations. So that was my bread and butter. But I decided with my ex to just drive cross country. And we ended up in Denver. And I stayed there two years and said, I'm never leaving. I love the Rockies. I love the time change. I love the no humidity. I'm outside. I'm hiking. I'm playing on teams. I'm partying. I'm having a, I said, I'm never coming back to the East. And then I, but I, I, I miss being in this business. And so I got a job at radio, 970 WFLA. And I came and I've been here ever since, over 25 years. TV, 18 years of being nine, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, I can't wait to go back to Denver. I always love Denver. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Well, I have applied for credentials to go to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl week. Game of week credential only. Radio row, being around Radio Row at the press conferences, schmoozing, couple of parties. I got to see if I'm going to get approved. We'll see. I don't have the poll that I used to, so... We'll see, but I really hope, because I'll tell you, the last couple of years, man, with COVID, you know, the Super Bowl was here in Tampa, not last year, because that was in Los Angeles, but the year before, and I went to the Tampa Convention Center. That's, that's, That's ground zero, man. That's where all the networks and and shows and Sirius and everybody does their shows. And that's where a lot of celebrities, not only um, sports people, but entertainers, whoever the halftime show is, they usually do a performance, uh, a couple of songs uh, for the big press conference that week, and they'll do a Q&A, although it's really set up, man. You can't get in a question. I'll, I'll explain that in a second. And so two years ago, right during COVID, I know because I know someone that works in the front office of the NFL on Park Avenue in New York. And Roger Goodell said to everyone, everything is on hold. We've got to get this Super Bowl played in Tampa on time. Number one priority. And if you remember, they stopped testing for COVID 
in the playoffs that year. It was hysterical. Oh, my God, you're testing every week. We were testing like crazy. All of a sudden, Super Bowl week. Oh, oh, nobody's testing anymore. You don't want your stars to get COVID. You got to have them on the field, right? You can't have the star quarterback. It's playoffs, man. It's Super Bowl. So anyway, they pulled it off. And they and so I went to the Tampa Convention Center. I broke my foot and I was wearing a like walking boot. Oh my God. On on the Monday that it was Super Bowl week. My wife wanted to do this thing, take in a dog to see uh foster a dog for a week, and we already have a little dog. And I was, and this dog is just, oh my God, my dog got sick because it was stressed out. And this dog, and I was trying to chase this dog to stop. And I slammed my foot so hard into an ottoman and fractured it. And it's on the Monday morning of Super Bowl week. And I know I am going to be walking in that big ass convention center and how far away I'm going to be parking. And I'm going to be walking all day. And wouldn't I had to break it now, <laughs> but I did, and, and it didn't really heal properly right away because I was walking on it so much. I didn't even give it; it was so swollen. I didn't even give it twenty four hours, man. That whole week I was walking like crazy. But anyway, but my point was, I always like going to Super Bowl week, and I my favorite thing is the halftime show. Whoever that entertainer is, uh, Aerosmith. I remember they put on a performance. It's always the most heavily attended Super Bowl uh, media event that week because all the ones that cover sports are in sports world. They want to be in the entertainment or follow the entertainment. It's almost like entertainers. Over the years, I've seen it. Guys in bands that have been superstars. They love to mingle and be over in the sports world. Uh, it's just how it goes. And so I usually love it. It's usually done like around on a Thursday of Super Bowl week and it's always packed and you go there and they'll come out. I remember the who they did. Uh, oh my God. They did a couple of songs. Outrageous. You're getting a free little mini concert. Springsteen, um, Justin Timberlake, Brittany. One of the other ones I've been at. I was not at the one in Miami with Prince in the rain. Prince was phenomenal. Do you remember that? That was that was that was incredible. But so when I went to the Super Bowl two years ago, it was at the convention center. There was no media. Nobody was traveling. Uh, stations were not sending their people. Nobody was traveling. I went into the media room and I would be the only one in the media room. I mean, rows and rows of tables with plugs and internet connections and uh, maybe donuts and, and bagels in the morning and they'd have uh, coffee and juice and waters. And there was nobody, nobody in these big convention rooms. It was, it was surreal. And then when it came time for the halftime press conference, the weekend, that's what his, he was. I wasn't really familiar with his stuff but it was the halftime show, the weekend. And I remember being in the hallway of the convention center. And he comes walking down with security. And I was just standing right there. And then they brought him in the room. And they went in the room. And there was maybe like 10 reporters there. 12. And and he's doing his, his you know, Q&A. 
And what they were doing is they knew that. So it would be like, and then, so I was like, all right, well, this is not interesting to me. So I go, I go out of that room, go across the hall to the media room. This is in the Tampa Convention Center. And I go in an empty room and they've got NFL Network on in a couple of big monitors in that media room. And so I'm, and they have it on live. They're carrying the weekend's press conference live. So I'm watching it and he's going, all right, let's go to some questions. Let's go to Chile. Uh, Chile, hello, what is your question? And some uh, reporter from Chile would ask him a question. All right, now let's go to London. What do you got? And I'm like, right across that hall, right across that hall where I am, he is taking calls from all around the world on the halftime performance uh, press conference. And there's nobody here. He walked right by me with security and there was nobody around. There's nobody around. It was like, I remember years ago in a Super Bowl in Tampa when Bruce Springsteen was the act and I was going into the bathroom and he had done, because there was a Bruce channel on Sirius XM and he did an interview, I think he did one with Mad Dog Russo uh, on Sirius because he had a Bruce channel and Mad Dog was going to get it and he did just he was going to do the interview in a room on Sirius or he had just done it and I was going to the bathroom and security came over. He goes, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stand right here near the door. Bruce has to go to the bathroom. Well, no problem. And Bruce Springsteen, they held the bathroom and Bruce Springsteen walked right by me. I said, Bruce, hey. He goes, hey, how you doing? And he walked in. He was short, a little shorter than I thought. Look, look good though, man. And he walked in and they had something right there and I'm waiting. I waited right by outside and then Bruce finished. And then I could go in the bathroom. But I mean, the security was so tight. It was so big. I remember Beyonce, when uh, she did her thing uh, for the halftime, you know, interview during the week. And so I'm there and they'd be like, all right, now, now uh, Beyonce is going to come out and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do the Q&A. And if you want to ask a question, we have two microphones. One on that side, if you're on this side of the room, you can get in line and you can ask Beyonce a question. And on the other side, there's a microphone right there. State your name and your affiliation and ask your question. So I'm just watching this. And there's a long line of reporters, but they don't want any Yahoo from Dubuque, Iowa, trying to make a name for themselves and ask some question that's going to go viral. Uh, they're, ahead, they're ahead of the game on that. If you think that you're going to get away, you, you ain't. And so I'm watching and it's like, okay, let's go to entertainment tonight. Uh, no, let's go. Yes. Hi. Hey, Beyonce. Hey, girl. This is so-and-so from entertainment tonight. You know, you were quoted as this, this, this. All right. Let's go over here now. This is uh, this is Jonathan from the BBC. Okay, this is so and so from CNN. This is so and so from Good Morning America. And all right, that's all the time questions. That's all the time we have for questions today. I'm like, oh, that's how that goes. It's all set up, and it's nothing that's going to, you know, go viral. You're not going to catch anybody. But anyway, it's always always really really cool to see these humongous stars in the entertainment business do their thing now 
it started opening up a lot more uh, last year for the Super Bowl. My brother-in-law was there, and he said it was amazing in SoFi Stadium. Everybody tells me SoFi Stadium in L.A. is amazing. And they've got NFL, because the NFL is located in New York. The main office is in on Park Avenue. But they also have their satellite, like their L.A., offices are beautiful what they built right there at SoFi Stadium NFL Network moved from Century City to right where they are at SoFi Stadium so it really is amazing and I love Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg Eminem Mary J Blige 50 Cent upside down put on a few pounds Kendrick Lamar is not really my thing I didn't get that there but you know, California. I love that. As a matter of fact, when I said, "Let me," what am I going to talk about today? Maybe I'm going to talk about, like, hopefully I get to go to the Super Bowl. I just started. Oh, and because Seth Kush, that's the whole thing. I put that on to Twitter and I sent that out to tag Seth in honor of Seth going to L.A. Here is last year's Super Bowl, L.A. I love. I liked it. And as I've told you, if you know and you've listened to me before, Snoop Dogg, I did the Snoop Bowl with his kids, football at the Super Bowl, and and he was coaching. He's the offensive coordinator calling the plays, Snoop. And we carried that live on TV, and I was the play-by-play guy. And then I saw him the year after in Miami, and he was talking to a beautiful reporter, girl, he, he's good, but he'll, he'll do the beautiful ladies. I get it. I get it. That's how it goes. And I waited. The guy go. I said, I did the Snoop Bowl last year. Wait right here. And I said, Snoop, I did your Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, the Snoop Bowl. Yeah, you did, my man. And then this past, no, it was last season, NBC, he was here. And he it was like the Pied Piper after a game, man. He had a show on the end, one of the NBC affiliates. What's that thing that they they have? And so he was here for a Sunday night football game last year. And after the whole game was over, he was walking by with his two security dudes, big brothers. And it was like the Pied Piper. There was tech crew guys. There was ESPN, NFL Network reporters, producers. There was everybody wanted to just like walk, get a, get a pick with Snoop. I said, Snoop. Snoop, I did Snoop Bowl years ago. He goes, yeah, my man. He didn't remember me. And he, he snapped a picture. He was cool, man. He was really, really cool. So anyway, now this year, COVID is like, not now. I know it's still out there. I know you can get it. I had it a couple months back. And it kind of knocked me for a loop a little bit. It was way more than a fluke for me. But, uh, but the restrictions are gone. And so I can imagine it's going to be in Arizona, Phoenix. It's going to be where the Arizona Cardinal, Cardinals play. But at the convention center, I, I, I got to do my homework. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I get approved. And then I will be able to bang out some big names, hopefully, on the Rock Stops Here podcast. So I am really, really hopeful, man that uh, I get it and then I can give you some stories and we'll go out and I think that's going to be cool you know what I also wanted to it's just it blows me away how much everything costs 
everything. Oh my God. Now I, I have, I mean, I think I played for super tramp. I paid for a couple of concerts back in the day when I was 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. That was it. Once I got into broadcasting, I was lucky enough. I didn't go to a lot of concerts, but the concerts I've gone to, I've had the hookup. I've been lucky. I have not had to pay for concerts. I'm very, very lucky, man. I admit it. I admit it. I admit it. I admit it. And sometimes it was day of. I didn't know I was going to a concert. I love that. I love on the fly more than anything, more than planned. Because it's one of those things where all of a sudden you're at an incredible event, you're partying, you're having the time of your life, and you're like, I didn't even know this morning when I woke up I was going to be going to this. That happens to me and has a lot. It never happens to my wife or did. Her Everything has to be planned out. It hardly ever is spurred a moment. But me, it's been like that a lot, and I like it. So now that I'm not at any one specific station, I'm just doing my own thing. I don't have any hookups. And it just blows me away on how much concert tickets, anything, even if you go to the movies and food and, oh my God. So my daughter, it's not like my daughter, my daughter's 13. And it's not like she's a Taylor Swift fan. But her, one of her BFFs was going to, her dad was getting tickets for the family to go to see Taylor Swift. Now, I knew Taylor Swift was popular. I didn't know she was this popular. So, my wife says, hey, um, Scott is going to be getting tickets with Aubrey and this and that. And maybe he, you know... Addie wants to go. I said, that'd be great. That'd be great. I thought it was going to be at Amelie Arena, indoor 20,000. No, no, no. This is at Raymond James Stadium. I'm like, oh, that's the big concert. I, do you think it's because we had been cooped up and we weren't able to go to these big arenas, stadiums, concerts for two and a half years or whatever it was? You think that's it? Is it just we want to be entertained or Taylor Swift must be this damn good. Holy crap. So I said, okay, you know, that's great. That's great. I, I, it's not my thing. But so my wife said, oh, I'll go. I'll go with her. And, okay, great. So you had to pre-register. On, you get online, online. You're in line, online. Pre-register. You get an email if you're good to go for that. So it just shows you how I'm out of the loop I am anymore. So I admit it. So anyway, all right, blah, 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 blah. And then I see that the, it crashed the system, Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster had to come out. This is all old news now. By the time you're listening to this, I'm sure you already heard about this. You know all about this and had a statement. It crashed the system and all this. But I just that day, I just noticed guys on my timeline, do you even have a daughter? Taylor Swift tickets. Everybody is trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. The Tampa Bay Lightning had to come out with a statement. Stop calling, emailing, trying to get a hold of us. We are trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. So 
our hookup, my 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 daughter's BFF's father, he was able to swing it, get the tickets. So we're driving to an event. My daughter was in the National Honor Society, got in. She's, uh, we're very proud. We're on our way. My wife's, actually my wife's car, I usually always do the driving, but she was driving. At it, I'm sitting in the back. It was on speaker. The guy, Scott, he got the tickets and he goes, didn't you get my, didn't you get my text? My wife didn't get it. He goes, are you okay with the price? <laughs> I'm just sitting back there. And no, and we decided it's, hey, it's like her Super Bowl. You know, if you, that's what it is. This is 2022, 2023 almost. This is inflation. This is how much stuff costs. You want to sit in your house and not go? You know, okay, it's going to be a cool event. It's really going to be her first concert. Honestly, she's 13 and there's been COVID for two years. So 11, 10, she hasn't been. She's been to the Straz. She's been to musicals. She's been in them. She's been at some professional acts. She was at something in Clearwater and act and a kid but you know we've seen the wiggles as a kid when she was a kid but i'm talking about this is in a this is a stadium concert it's really her first so you know what whatever it costs we're driving it's on speaker and my man scott says are you okay with the price you didn't get my text my wife's like no i didn't all right well it's like 600 and 670 dollars a ticket a ticket 670 a ticket he's got four that he's taken four or five how i was like holy crap but you know what well hey we'll 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 we'll, we'll do it let her have a great time boom 1300 bucks for emily and her great but it's just it just blows me away i was listening to one of my favorite podcasts joey diaz He's a Jersey comedian. He used to live out in L.A. He was in the comedy store. He's been on Rogan. I've mentioned to him. Some are like, oh, I love him. Some say he's a little bit too much over the top. He is honest, man. And he, I'm from Jersey, and I just get a kick out of him. And a very great, you know, he curses a lot, man, if it's not your thing. But uh, he's, I get a kick out of him. And he's on Monday and Wednesdays, and I look forward to it. And during these last two years of COVID, Oh my God, man, it's, it's helped me out. So anyway, he was just saying, now he moved back to Jersey, but he's more in South, South Jersey. And he said, and he used to love going to the movies always. He was a, he loved going to movies. And so he's he's like me, he's older, remarried, he's got a younger daughter. So I think his daughter might be like 11 or something like that, 12. And he's late fifties. And so he said to his wife, let's go to the movies. Let's go to the movies. And he said they went to the movies and he was off to the side at the concessions and his wife got like a medium popcorn, maybe medium. I don't think it was the jumbo large. His daughter got the same size popcorn. Joey got a small popcorn and then they got like two drinks. And the clerk said, that'll be $66. And he said, he didn't say anything. And then they're walking to the movie theater and he says to his wife, like $66 for like three popcorns and two drinks or three drinks. Maybe there was one candy too. How can a family of five 
He's like, I think the movies are done. And you get in there and it was a half hour of trailers. His daughter's getting antsy. And Joey had a good point. Don't you think when the movies were shut down for two years, the movie industry, don't you think you would do all you can to entice families to come out? Because you can do, you can get everything. You can pay, what, six, seven dollars and get it in your home. I mean, it was kind of cool to go to the movies, right? Oh my God. Traveling's the same thing. Used to be so much fun to travel in the air, airline, airports and, and planes and stuff. And just, oh my God, the delays. But whatever. I'm not here to be, get off my lawn guy. I am not that. I'm not, I'm not here complaining. I'm just saying it just blows me away on how much everything costs. What are you going to do? I do the supermarket shopping in our family. And it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm like, damn it. The other day, yesterday I was in the aisle like, holy shit. And I said it out loud and somebody looked over at me. I'm like, I can't believe these prices. But anyway, are you healthy? That's the main thing. So listen, I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. My thanks to Elisa Jordana. Very, very open about Andy Dick, about Benji Bronk, about the Howard Stern Show, her thing that she does, Kermit and Friends, her live streaming. I wish her all the luck and success in the world. She seems to me, the short time that I spent with her, she seems to have a good heart and is a good person. And she's very entertaining. So I hope it's, you know, there you go. I got to branch out more entertainment, man. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. What do we got next week? I don't know. Where am I going to stop? I don't know. We'll go on the fly. Enjoy. Have a great time. I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Same, same place right here on the Rock Stops here. Thanks, guys. <laughs>